following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! All right, week one may be over, but the season is just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Kicking off week two. We're going to talk about week two in a couple of minutes because you know what's coming up on Thursday night. But to kick it off, DraftKings is giving new customers $200. Free bets instantly when they bet a dollar on any football game. And listen up because you don't want to miss this. Here's what you do. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Place a bet of $1 on any week two game. You're going to receive $200 in free bets instantly. No waiting around for it. No having to do this or that or the other thing. You get the $200 in free bets instantly. Now, if the sportsbook's not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. Are all of you of my Mississippi friends listening there? Chad, Richard, Spaz, all of you guys, Cuevas, this is what you can do, all right? You go and you do the daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars Total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That is promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And with that, welcome to the show, everybody. Yep, that happened yesterday, didn't it? St. Juice in coverage. That's where he's looking. That's where he's throwing. Mike Williams caught touchdown. Mike Williams and the big body in St. Juice never had a chance. No, he did not. Never had a chance on that one. And I think he can sum up the performance by that vaunted Washington football team defense with pretty much one catch. Not great, Bob. Not great at all. Just a few minutes, we're going to hear from head coach Ron Rivera and then a little bit later from the Washington Post, Scott Allen, who will be here with us with his four takeaways from Sunday afternoon, the 20-16 loss, Washington now 0-1, and a quick turnaround Thursday night, the Giants on Thursday night football. I hate Thursday night football. Worst week of the year because then you're stuck there on Sunday like, well, what the hell are we supposed to do? Uh, But again, Ryan Fitzpatrick is now out for the next two to three months. Uh, That was a partially separated hip that he suffered. And really, when you think about it, at 38 years old, 
Do you really think he's coming back from that this season? The speculation is he could be back around week 11, but at this point, it's not going to shock me if we don't see Ryan Fitzpatrick in a Washington uniform again and that his career with the Burgundy Gold lasts less than one half. It is freaking eerie, though. Same side of the field that Alex Smith went down. Same side of the field that Joe Theismann went down. I mean, it's just plain weird. It really is. Okay, at least with Theismann, it was RFK, so you can't blame it totally on FedEx Field. Not like you can blame the plumbing on FedEx Field, and yes, that was sewage that was sweeping onto everybody. Let's really hope that that is not an omen for the year. I I really hope that it's not. We'll get to all that in just a few minutes, as well as why I don't think that all of this schadenfreude uh, over the last, I'd say, 18 hours or so over lamenting the fact that uh, Washington didn't draft Justin Herbert back in 2019, why is justified. It, we, you would not just flip the script. It wasn't a binary choice, and he wouldn't be doing for Washington today what he did for the Chargers yesterday. All that's ahead. First, though, it's Monday, so we got to talk with the coach, take you behind the scenes for the exclusive uh, stuff with Riverboat Ron. And like you might imagine, the first thing we asked him about was Taylor Heineke, because it is, in fact, Heineke time, or as Jay Shung likes to say, Heineke! Taylor Heineke named the starter today, not that anybody, I think, had any doubt about it. Uh, And Ron said, you got to give him credit, when he came in the game, Heineke moved the ball. Well, I I was, obviously, we were pleased. You know, we moved the ball well. Um, We made some things happen. You know, um, we moved the ball well early, too. Um, We just didn't put it in the end zone. With Tyler Taylor, we got one in the end zone. I I thought the throw that he made to uh, Logan was a a heck of a throw, heck of a a play by by Logan. And and it's unfortunate. Um, You know, we had some other opportunities that we missed. Uh, We didn't convert a couple times we had opportunity to. And, of course, we can't turn the ball over. Um, But, you know, it it was good to see some of the things that happened out there. Well, it is frustrating, but hopefully, you know, with the situation we have right now, we can we can go forward. I mean, we'll see. Again, that's what we're uh, we're hoping for. We've had them play for us. They've done some good things for us. So we'll see what happens, though. One of the things that you worry about with Taylor Heineke is obviously the fact that he has not been that durable uh, in the past. Now, he did look like he really worked out in the offseason, put some muscle on it, and, you know, looks uh, looks in really great shape coming into this year. But it's you know it's been a struggle for him to stay healthy throughout his career. Kid's not um, he's not much of a kid as far as the NFL is concerned. He's 30 years old this year. He's been around the block. He's he's seen some stuff, you know. Um, and uh, but one of the things that Rivera said he was encouraged about is that for a guy that will take off at a moment's notice, he thought that Heineke seemed like he was cognizant of the fact that hey. You're not any good to this team if you're on injured reserve. You know, I really did. I, I, I thought, again, he made some good decisions. He, he, he ran when he was supposed to run. And a couple times, I think, where he, was, he thought about turning up, uh, he didn't and went ahead and went out of bounds. Uh, there was one when he did step up through the middle and, uh, and did get the, 
a few yards and, and took a little bit of a shot. But uh, again, I, I think he's he's understands, you know, that uh, he has, you know, he's got to be more responsible with himself. Um, I think he made some good, quick decisions, got the ball out quickly, uh, got the ball out uh, in a very timely manner when he, when he did throw it downfield. So you can see that, you know, all these things that, that he talked about, he's kind of put together, which is a real positive. That is a positive. And, you know, again, he's got to stay upright um, because it's you know, down to him and Kyle Allen now. Hopefully it'll be okay. Um, we also, uh, and, and again, the big thing with Heineke is that, yeah, he moved the offense. The Chargers did not game plan for him. The Giants aren't going to have much of a game plan for him because of the short week. Really, it's going to be what's this going to look like in three weeks, in a month, when the rest of the league has some tape on him. And he's, uh, you know, he gets into the meat grinder part of the schedule, which he is going to do. Uh, there's no no two ways around that. Uh, this is the guy you're probably going to see playing against Denver's defense, against Kansas City, against the Saints, et cetera, et cetera. There is also several key players, both offensively and defensively, that is they're going to have to step up their game on Thursday night, those being the rookies. And if you have listened to Sports Talk Radio the last couple of uh, the last few hours, uh, you, you know the deal. Sam Cosme struggled, granted it was against Joey Bosa. Benjamin St. Juice struggled, granted that was against Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, but Ron said, you know, after looking at the tape, and maybe this is coach speak we're, we're about to hear, but he said after looking at the tape, he didn't feel it was a complete and total disaster. Well, I thought they had their moments. I really did. There's some really good things. You know, uh, Sam did some good things. He was physically he was stout at the point. You, you really saw him for the most part battle. Um, you know, they, they, they put one of the premier pass rushers on him. Uh, I thought he did some really good things. Um, you know, uh, Bosa did some good things too against him. I mean, it was it was a good baptism under fire for the young guy. I thought Charles was was pretty good, was pretty stout um, in terms of his pass protection. Uh, there are some things that he can be better at, some things that he will work at and get better. So I, I feel good about you know what we got from the two of them, um, but I, I do believe we will be better. Yeah, they're going to have to be better, no doubt about it. Uh, both Cosby and Leno just let just got way. Let, let in way too much pressure on the quarterbacks. And on the other side of the ball, Justin Herbert was pressured on just 12% of his dropbacks. That was better protection than anybody in the entire NFL yesterday. That's with an almost brand-new offensive line. Hell, that is with a brand-new offensive line halfway through the game when Brian Balaga left with an injury. Rashawn Slater did such a good job on Chase Young flashback to college days they they flip-flopped uh he and montez sweat along the defensive line i i guess the only good thing you can say about it is that despite all of that you can't take away the fact and it was a by hook or by crook thing washington had a chance to ice that game or at least put the chargers in a big big hole in the fourth quarter yeah, they were, I, I was sitting in the press box with, uh, with our good friend Lake Lewis, uh, fellow SportsJourney.com writer. By the way, we got the, uh, we got the game wrap-up on SportsJourney.com right now, so just head there and you can check it out. Um, but 
we were sitting there in the press box, and we said as the seconds ticked off in the third quarter, I said, here you go, fourth quarter, three-point lead. That's uh, Every coach in the world would tell you that's what they want. They just want a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter, and they did. Washington had the ball in the fourth quarter with a three-point lead. You go down and score a touchdown, you put the Chargers down uh, 23 Let's see, yeah, 23-13, um, different ball game. Totally different ball game. However, as always, if, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, every day would be Christmas. That didn't happen, and that's why Washington is 0-1 right now. All right, so one of the things everybody's talking about is this whole Justin Herbert thing and how, uh, why didn't, you know, why didn't Washington draft Herbert in 2019 and if they had you know then they'd have the franchise quarterback and blah 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 we suffer we've we've talked ad nauseum about how we as a society suffer from presentism so i'm i went back and did a little digging in stats and i found something interesting when looking at the franchise quarterbacks of today now i let's put aside the argument that You had Dwayne Haskins coming off his rookie year, and so you already potentially at that point had 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 a uh, franchise quarterback in the house. Let's put aside the fact that Justin Herbert, his senior year at Oregon, a lot of people felt he regressed. Let's put aside the fact that there were concerns about his introverted personality and how he probably would have been the wrong guy in the wrong situation here. Let's put all that aside for a second. Consider some. Consider this, um, and see if you can figure out what the common thread is here. I took a look at what I think we would all consider the best quarterbacks of this generation, both you know, both playing and I'm gonna throw in two recently retired. Um, so here's the list I came up with: Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. Philip Rivers and Drew Brees, who have just retired. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, even though he's not playing this year, and Patrick Mahomes. Anybody argue that those aren't the best quarterbacks in the league right now? Listen to what, listen to this stat on the records, uh, the overall amount of success that their organizations had when they were drafted by them. Because I've said for a long time that the quarterback doesn't exclusively make the team the team has a lot to do with making the quarterback tom brady's drafted by the new england patriots four out of the previous six years patriots had a winning record in fact one of those years they won an afc championship Hmm. aaron Rodgers, of course brett uh, followed brett Favre, another winning franchise he was drafted into they had had uh, they had had a winning season 13 out of the prior 16 years. Ben Roethlisberger, drafted by the Steelers. They were in the midst of having nine winning seasons out of the last 12. Phillip Rivers with the then San Diego Chargers. San Diego is still a, fr- a successful franchise. Ten out of the last 16 years before Rivers got there, they had a winning record. Even Drew Brees. You think the lowly Saints? Mm-hmm. Nine out of 15 winning seasons before Brees got there. Russell Wilson, a little bit more up and down, just six out of 10 winning seasons, but still more winning seasons than losing seasons. How about Lamar Jackson? 
in addition to a Joe Flacco Super Bowl in there, four out of the previous six seasons, the Ravens were winners. Deshaun Watson, five out of the previous six seasons before he got there. The Texans were winners. And Patrick Mahomes, not only did he get to study for a year behind Alex Smith, but the Chiefs were a bona fide contender when he did step in. Five straight winning seasons by the time Mahomes took over. So my point is, Chargers are going to be a, a winning team this year. They have, they have laid the groundwork for, for Herbert to be successful. Uh, and, and, you know, it was just, what, two years ago that I believe they won 11 or 12 ball games. This is a good team. You, you put uh, the supposed franchise quarterback on a bad team, what happens? They throw him to the Wolves immediately. He doesn't have the supporting cast around him, and invariably he's out the door in two or three years, like Sam Darnold or even Jameis Winston. And lo and behold, what did we what have we seen with Jameis Winston in the preseason and then yesterday on opening day? Looks like Jameis Winston might be a pretty good quarterback. Sam Darnold too, with a team that's not nearly as talented in Carolina, but got a lot more pieces than he had in New York, didn't he? Oh, all of a sudden Sam Darnold's looking like he's a fairly competent quarterback. So had they drafted Justin Herbert, I think it would have been a completely different story, and the franchise would have regressed. I think that's what happened with Dwayne Haskins. I mean, forget about the fact that Dwayne Haskins was the wrong guy in the wrong situation at the wrong time. Even if the you know the management had been somewhat steady, he didn't he didn't have enough talent around it to succeed long term. Every one of those guys that we mentioned. Best quarterbacks either retired this year or still play in the game, and I've thrown in a couple of young ones, you know. They're doing okay. The reason they're succeeding is because they went to organizations that had been winning previously. And now we can, if you want, if you want to go back through the 90s and the 80s and the 70s, have at it. I should have mentioned I, I was looking at things within the scope of what I consider the modern-day NFL since basically since the year 2000 because I think that this game changes uh, if not every generation, every couple of generations. So I, I don't think you can compare apples to oranges going back, you know, to say when teams were running a full house backfield or something like that. Build it from the inside out. Next year, Ron Rivera should do everything in his power to get a franchise quarterback. Mortgage the farm. Package a couple of picks. If you got to trade somebody off the defensive line as a sweetener into it, okay, do it. Go out in the draft and get that franchise quarterback. You think it's Sam Howell? Fine. Go get Sam Howell. You think it's Spencer Rattler? Fine. Go out and get Spencer Rattler. You think it's somebody else there in the first round? whomever asserts themselves this college season, fine. Go out and get them. The table is set. You go out, get the right guy. He's going to be successful because now, despite what we saw yesterday, that rookie would come in with the pieces around him 
and be able to succeed, just like Tom Brady, just like Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, and everybody, and Patrick Mahomes, and everybody else we just mentioned. Well, we're living here in Allentown. Washington Football Insider Scott Allen of the Washington Post joins us now every week on Monday. You can read Scott in the Washington Post for his four takeaways from Washington's last game. Of course, he'll probably also be doing it on Friday this week because of the Thursday night game, which is one of the reasons I hate Thursday games, Scott. It just throws my entire week off, you know, with the timing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a late night, early morning for me to get those takeaways up, uh, up I think, for the, thurs, for the I, Thursday game. Always it, a good time on deadline. Oh, absolutely. It'd be a late night for all of us. I, I, I was going through them a little while ago, and I noticed your first takeaway take is that uh, it is Taylor Heineke time. And as we've been talking about, I mean, I don't think anybody really thought we'd get to it quite this early, right? Yeah, and, and I don't think people necessarily thought we would get to it in, in this way. Um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, fairly durable during his career. I think people who had maybe hoped for a legitimate quarterback competition in training camp and were impressed with the way Heineke performed against the Bucks in that first round playoff loss, you know, maybe thought that if Fitzpatrick struggled in the first few games that the coaches would look to, to make a switch, but they had no choice. Right. And what 21 minutes of, of game action already Fitzpatrick suffers that hip injury has the locker room and, yeah. and Heineke's yeah. in there. And, you know, he, he struggled. I think that that first series, he probably wasn't expecting to be in there so soon, but, but really provided a spark and played well the rest of the way. And, it seems like he's going to have a real opportunity here more than just the, the minimum three games that Fitzpatrick is, is required to miss on IR. It sounds like it's going to be a, a longer term injury than that. What do you think? I always like your, per, <coughs> excuse me, your perspective on kind of what the feeling is on the street after, uh, after something like this. I mean, we were all in the press box, so we were kind of, you know, in the moment, I mean, what do you, what's the feeling yeah. like, do you think around the district today about all this? Cause man, when it comes to quarterbacks, this, this team is just yeah. cursed, man. Yeah. It, there's certainly a bit of, here we go again. I, I mean, it, it seems to always be at home. I mean, the site of, of a Washington football team quarterback on the turf there, like, like we saw yesterday. I mean, thankfully it wasn't a more serious injury like the ones we've seen in, in, recent years to Kyle Allen and obviously Alex Smith, but it does almost feel like a curse in terms of the, the reaction a day after one thing that's kind of struck me is that, you know, when your QB one goes down and is going to be out for any significant period of time, that's like, that's a big deal. But to me, it, it's, it's alarming that as equally concerning perhaps um, and as talked about as Fitzpatrick's injury was the way that the defensive played, the, the way that the Washington defense played um, in the loss. And I think that is to some people, especially people who really believe in, in Taylor Heineke's ability, that's a, that's a bigger concern um, after the small sample size of, of one week going forward. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was um, uh, observation number two 
your take your second takeaway in that uh, you know the defense struggled like it did i mean 14 out of 19 on third downs <laughs> how how big of a shock is that i mean this is a defense that was supposed to be you know top five if if you bought into ashburn syndrome <laughs> yeah right i feel like a sucker for for buying in i mean now we this... always do and we always get kicked in the nuts so, you know. <laughs> but this was a team that was good on third down last year um actually in getting off the field and I, i've never seen anything like it really you know it, it's the oft-repeated stat, it, it tied a franchise franchise record for most third down conversions allowed in those 14. Um, but just the number of long 10-plus play drives by, by the Chargers that took five, six, and seven minutes off the clock. I mean, I looked up in the fourth quarter, and you, you look at the time of possession, you know they had an 18-play drive in there. It was remarkable that, that Washington was even in the game with, with a chance to steal one and, and, and win. Um, because the Chargers were just having their way um, offensively with Washington. I mean, credit to Jack Del Rio's defense for kind of buckling down in the red zone and, and forcing a couple of turnovers, limiting the Chargers to field goals. But, you know, one of the other talking points, obviously, from the game was, was Ron Rivera's decision to punt there in the, in the fourth quarter um, from the Chargers' 40-yard line. And I think I'm as gung-ho as anybody about – coaches should should go for it when they're on the 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 opponent's side of the field but in that situation I, I felt like it was plenty defensible you have all three timeouts there's no way that you expect your defense your supposedly dominating defense to not be able to get a single stop and get the ball back in, in the final seven minutes of the game but they, they right. couldn't do it from from a third and 16 to you know third and six third and seven it didn't matter it, it was it was unbelievable to see, and and certainly a disappointing start for the year. Yeah. Uh, and I know everybody obviously is is losing their minds about the the play of Sam Cosme, Benjamin St. Just. I mean, they were yeah. the two rookies that were in the spotlight. And when you think about it, I mean, did you really expect anything else? I mean, Cosme's lining up against Joey Bosa, and St. Just had to cover uh, Keenan Allen most of the game and Keenan Allen runs some of the best routes in the league. Yep. No, it was, I think going in, you knew it was a brutal matchup for both of them. And I think Ron Rivera put it best uh, after the game saying it was a, it was a baptism by fire. I think, you know, the, the one thing that I didn't mention the takeaways on, on the flip side, and this kind of ties into how disappointing the, the Washington defense was, is that the chargers also started a, uh, rookie along the offensive line at left tackle, no less. Now, granted, they're starting a, a first rounder in, in Rashawn Slater, and he had had some success against Chase Young in college, but he was awesome um, uh-huh. yesterday. I mean, he that whole offensive line, I, I, they have four new starters. They didn't play a single game together in the preseason, and they looked, they were the best like individual position unit on the field in terms of keeping. Uh, pressure off of Justin Herbert. So, yeah, on the flip side, you you knew Washington's rookies were going to struggle, especially with those with those matchups, and they did. Um, I think a big part of you know whether this team is is able to it's too early to say turn things around. <laughs> we have 16 games to go, yeah. but if if they're yeah. able to kind of realize live up to the expectations, a big part of it will be how quickly guys like Cosme and St. Juice can can grow, and I think they'll certainly learn from from this baptism by fire. 
We're talking with Scott Allen of the Washington Post. One of the things I love about your perspective, because you're there in the newsroom and you're, you know, you're, you're watching the game in there. Um, What was just your overall sense of the game? Did you a think they had a legitimate shot to, uh, to win it there in the fourth quarter, you know, when they're up 16 to 13 and they could ice it. And then, yeah, if you listen to sports radio today, uh, as always, yeah. the sky is falling. Uh, they'll be lucky if they don't become the first team in NFL history to go 0-17. <laughs> you know, Dale, what, is your optimism on the season dented at all? Um, not, not too much. I try not to overreact too much to week one. I think, you know, it is, it's, I don't know what it is exactly, but there's something to the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, with with as gashed as the defense was getting, you know, by that Chargers offense throughout the game and and the difference in time of possession, um, <laughs> to, to have the final score be 20 to 16 was mm-hmm. was pretty remarkable. And I absolutely thought they were in position to win. I think, you know, early in the fourth quarter, um, I'm working on these takeaways throughout the game. And, and one of them was going to be, you know, praising the, the special teams after that brutal um, preseason for Dustin Hopkins, he was three for three. Um, you know, if he was wound up four for four, maybe they, they win this game, uh, missed the 51 yarder and that takeaway <laughs> was no more. Um, but, you know, Deandre Carter with a nice punt return, Tress way was his usual solid self. Um but yeah, I think the fact that they were in this game up into the, the real turning point um, to me was the Antonio Gibson fumble. I mean, you get a huge interception. We talked about their ability, the defense's ability to buckle down in the red zone, a huge interception from the, from the new corner, William Jackson, the third. And on the very next play, Gibson, who was incredibly sure-handed last year, two fumbles all season. He puts one on the ground after taking a big hit, the Chargers score three plays later and, and Washington hardly touches the ball again. Um, so, yeah, I think there's some positives to, to take out of it. There's no way that the defense is going to play this poorly going forward. You know, they, they won't have to play the chargers every week. They got to play the bills in two weeks, but, but they should get a, a nice chance to get back on track against uh, giants often. Let's hope. I think the only person that uh, has performed better the last couple of days than uh, Justin Herbert is you having to put up with the dog barking in the background. So I, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. You are a real pro, my friend. I, I, well, I've got a newborn baby, a seven-week-old baby in the house. So I'm, I'm got some cow. practice, I guess. Oh my Dogs, God. No, no problem. <laughs> you, you are truly an MVP for doing this at seven. All right. I am, I am going to let you go and take care of that new baby. Scott Allen of the Washington Post, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. We shall talk to you very, very soon. Thanks, Bob. Great catching up. Thanks for having me. Thanks, as always, to Scott. He never turns down a request. It's going to do it for us. we got to get out of here. Kick off Thursday. Uh, don't forget, uh, coming up tomorrow uh, on sportsjourney.com, go ahead and uh, go over to the website because we will have our stock report of the week, who you need to buy, who you need to hold off on least for a little while that's coming up tomorrow we'll be back with more from practice we still haven't heard from chase young and terry mclaurin since the loss we should hear from them tomorrow see you then remember like the wise man once said if you're out on your bike tonight as always do wear white
just hang.